everybody. Welcome to Hireth and Other Words. My name is Timothy Mangle, and with me today is the wonderful Karis Howell. Hello. I have known Karis uh, most of her life. It's true. <laughs> I met her when she was six. She's currently 16. No. 18. 18. I'm sorry. I, and that was thinking six. It's oh, close Jesus. enough. <laughs> We're starting over. We're doing it again. We're, we ruined it already. No, I'm kidding. But yeah, um, I, in all honesty, I don't think I've been as excited for an episode as this one. Like Me last either. <laughs> I, I, I knew you were gonna say that. Um, yeah, I was just, I was like moving around and doing some stuff in the studio last night, and I was just like all giddy thinking about it. So. You better not let me down. I'm just kidding. Try. <laughs> You're going to do great. Um, yeah, so I, Karis and I work together at the coffee shop, so some of you might know her from there. Um, she's lived in the area her whole life. We went to church together. That's how we know each other. Um, yeah, I can't think of anything else. You love horses. I love all animals. Thank that's you true. very much. <laughs> We're going to try to... I mean, that's definitely going to be a, a point of topic today. But first... We want to talk about uh, St. Francis of Assisi's. Assisi's? Assisi's. Assisi's. Yeah. There's too many A and S's. Yeah. And one I, it's two like I's. It's like all A's. A-S-S-A-S-I? It's the Mississippi no. of Europe. Yeah. M-I-S-A-I-S-S-I-A-S-S. Yeah. Um, all right. Just so we know, we're, can you tell me who St. Francis is? Yeah, so St. Francis is this guy who uh, was born into a super wealthy family. Um, and then there was this battle, and he got captured and imprisoned for a year or so in his early 20s. And after he came out of that imprisonment, um, he had this realization that his previous life of like partying and earthly goods would not suit what he desired. So he set out and pretty much just strived to live off the land and trust in God to provide for his needs, pretty you much. Know, what is that? <clears throat> he took a, a vow of poverty. Yes. Right? I don't know. Have you... This is... I've learned about this in just in recent years. Um, I yeah, when when Francis, I forget when I, I can't. I want to say it was towards the end of his life, but I guess it doesn't really matter. He had this idea of to be a Christian meant to be pledged in marriage to Lady Poverty. Yeah, and there's a beautiful painting of. Francis being married to this very raggedy looking woman by Jesus and I love it yeah Be it's great and beautiful <laughs> yeah why, why do you say that um just sort of like the symbolism of a an earthly man that came from riches falling in love with something so poor and like ragged looking in front of something as great and beautiful as Jesus, like, right. of God. Right. So. Yeah, and that, I mean, it's, it's, yeah, it's, 
it's one of those things that I feel like is the it's the a core idea of Franciscan values is that it's you know Christianity or Christ or whatever it is the heart of it is really found amongst the poor and yeah. the the disparaged and the outcast or yeah. whatever it is because like in the Bible a lot of the New Testament was Jesus going out of his way to teach his disciples that the poor should be your focus and that they're important and no different than you. Right. Yeah. One of my favorite things regarding that in the new Testament was when Paul, um, who was, he wasn't a original disciple. He was later grafted in after Judas hung himself and his guts exploded in a field. Anyways, biblical story. Yeah. The Bible guys, it's fun. (laughs) You know, that child story. Um, uh, so Paul placed himself as the, uh, one of the 12 apostles, and he began to expand the Christian idea outside of Jerusalem and into surrounding uh, areas and nations, which up to that point had been like, it's like we're just a Jewish thing. Like, mm-hmm. this isn't, we're not going out past yeah. it. And in the book of Acts, when they're at this conjuncture of Paul going out, um, the other disciples write him a letter and they're like, listen, this is fine as long as you don't uh, make anybody get circumcised. I can't remember if that was in the letter, but they ended uh, it by saying, just yeah. remember the poor. Like, that's yeah. all that we ask you to do is remember the poor. And I thought that that was beautiful because it was like a send off to Paul of being like, listen, you can do whatever you want because in loving the poor, you'll find the right things to do. Yeah. If you make that your sole purpose. Yeah. yeah. That's great. I love that. <laughs> yeah, it's what I don't know. What are some? Do you know any stories of Saint Francis or like? Um, so I really only learned about him like what is it three months ago when I yeah. started going to this college. Explain um, the college. Okay, so there are twenty-four Franciscan schools in the U.S. And Alvernia University um, is one of those. Alvernia derives from the name of the mountain that St. Francis had uh, prayer and meditation and realizations on. Okay. Yeah, I didn't, right? know, okay. I didn't know that. Okay. So I'm assuming so, you're yeah. right. So, yeah. Actually, one of the Franciscan schools, uh, very similar to Alvernia, it's called Alverno. They don't even give grades, which mm. is very interesting. I like it. Yeah. I would do very good in that school, <laughs> or at least on paper. There we go, yeah. But um, so a Franciscan school has a very strong focus on Franciscan values, which I can't remember off the top of my head, but it's, I remember humility, service, collegiality, which is a great word. I don't know what that word is. Explain it for me and the <laughs> listeners. Um, the listeners are smart. They all know what that word means. <laughs> well, you might want to look it up because I don't remember the exact definition. Um, it's got to do with taking the focus off of yourself, I believe. Mm. Um, and then two other values, which I can't remember. But, but there's a there's a great urge to... I mean, get off your high horse and help some people, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's, I mean, what a great thing to be teaching kids 
like as they're transitioning yeah. into being adults, you know? Yeah, because like in caring for other people, you develop way more of a sense of um, maturity mm-hmm. and a lot of the kids there need it. Sure. I mean, every kid does it. I think... Oh, yeah. I... I don't know. Something in your brain at a certain point needs to click and you need to remember like, oh, it's not just me. It's not just me. Like, <laughs> yeah. And it's like, you know, especially if you hold the Christian teachings, the you know, the teachings of Jesus to be true, that if we're looking for the kingdom of God or, or God or enlightenment, whatever it is, it's found in the service of the least of these, you yeah. know? Yeah. And I think that that's, it's interesting because, and this is why I think pe- some people have uh, a tendency to push the idea of original sin so much mm-hmm. is because we don't have that natural inclination within us to go and help other people, yeah. you know, yeah. maybe our friends or whatever, but, um, yeah, it's, it's not a natural thing and it's something that you need to train your brain to Mm -hmm. do that. It's like, Oh, it's, it's right to help other people, you know? And like a lot of the Christian church in, and even like Catholic churches in the current time don't really, um, put an emphasis on living the way that Jesus lived or doing the things that Jesus did. And a lot of it is just converting other people because you think it's the right way. But, you know, the most important thing that the Bible can teach us is to live by example of, like, the one perfect thing right. that exists. Right. So. Right. Yeah. I There's this great... I was thinking yesterday, I'm like, what are some of my favorite quotes by Francis? And... Uh, um, besides the poem that I forgot to pull up, so one of us is going to have to pull it up later. But uh, yeah. he has a beautiful poem that we're going to close this episode with, so hang out until then. Um, yeah, he has this quote that is, uh, preach the gospel at all times, and if necessary, use words. Mm. And I thought, yeah. I, I've struggled with that quote at different points in my life, because some parts, sometimes in my life, I'm like, you know, it's absolutely necessary to preach the gospel or with words or whatever. And then I think in more recent times, I've had a better understanding of what the gospel is, of not being something that you can believe or not believe, or it's, it's the good news that, you know, God is saturated into every aspect of life. And yeah, yeah and, you know, living, a, <clears throat> living in a way that shows other people that you know they matter to god and that god is involved in their life you know you can't you can't Mm -hmm. give anybody that with words yeah and you know going back to words uh i asked my theology professor shout out to dr kevin (laughs) dr kevin Um, i love you dr kevin you're the best he's great he's the best in the game (laughs) um And he told me stories of how St. Francis would go out into the wild and preach to animals, Mm -hmm. which I fell in love with immediately. Yeah. (laughs) Because I got some books from uh, the library there, and there's this one vivid 
story of St. Francis uh, coming upon a huge flock of birds and just saying hello, then approaching them, and then just talking to them and... Yeah. Well, maybe not talking, but, you know, well, it's, preaching. It's, yeah, and for me, I think, you know, there's never any descriptions of things that he said. It was just always like Francis yeah. went up and preached the gospel. Francis and, did this. Right, and it was just, and I think his overall aura was enough for those things. I, from I've heard a story that was similar to that where he the birds fly away and they make the sign of a crucifix as they're flying. Oh, wow. They're, okay, so one of the only books I've ever read on Francis actually don't even think it's Francis like it's just they're just stories mm-hmm. it's called Little Flowers of Assisi um, I'm pretty sure that's what it is um, I I don't know how I got this book and I don't know where it went um, but because I you know in e- the evangelical culture which we come from uh, saints aren't really a thing no, I, like, the only name that I probably recalled before going to this school was St. Peter, because, like... He's already there, yeah. you know, and he's, like... And f- he's everywhere. <laughs> right, yeah. So, no, well, I have no knowledge of saints. I, This is, like, the only one that I have right. knowledge on. Right. And so. it's... There's, it's a shame because I, I I really do feel like what a saint is supposed to be is a good thing. Uh, they're like mm. they're like interim Jesuses because yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. they're they're like kind of the people that keep the bloodline going of being like this is what it looks like. Yeah, like that's like you yeah. Know, you're very right. Yeah, right. Spot on. Um, I was talking to my. Um, sociology professor about it um who also teaches a theology course and he had uh how did he say it he said something along the lines of saints just sort of have the same story it seems like Mm -hmm. and you know oh they leave all this great stuff behind in order to follow god and then everyone's like oh my gosh, that's great. And then they kind of like worship them for it. Right. And I think, you know, so there's there's this idea in the Bible that, you know, I, I think the idea of saints, they're found in every tradition. So yeah. like, I think there's just something about us that's like, those people are special and we need to remember them, you know? Yeah, it's uh, like, here, take this example even though we aren't following God's example, it's fine. Right, yeah. yeah. Um, it's, well, what I was going to say is Paul in somewhere in the Bible says, uh, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Mm. And so that's like, again, it's an ex- like you said, it's an example that's put forth. And that's why we love Francis because it resonates close to who we are as people. And then yeah. we can, what we see in him is the ideal in ourselves. Yeah, and... I think um, a lot of that comes down to like the rule of three, how mm. you might need the middleman to translate what God is asking you to do through a human's perspective. Mm-hmm. And that makes it so much more personable and easy to understand. I did. I, what, so let's jump into the law of three for a second. 
Because I like, I mean, what's what does that mean to you? Um, pretty much there's like three aspects to pretty much anything. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I don't know, like, I haven't delved into it, sure. which is something that I want to. But it's, it's so, because you're right, because it's hard to explain, but it's more yeah. of like, are you familiar with sacred geometry at all? Have you ever heard of that term? Yes, I've heard of it. So essentially what it means is that the, the building blocks of reality has sacred imagery that sustains reality. Ooh. Um, yeah. And a three, or not three, like a triangle mm-hmm. um, being one of them. Yeah. And for me, this is how like I've always understood it, is that everything in reality is a reflection back of God. Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah. Right. That's what I was trying to convey, and sure. didn't know. The yeah. Words no. For. I mean, it's it's a weird thing because in your head it makes sense, and you yeah. can like, there's, just three just makes, I don't know. Like when you take a step back, you can see that the world is yourself, everybody else, and then you know something better. Like right. you could put anything in that category like god or even or like nature, the spirit in between those two things yeah um yeah because that's when i think about creation i so okay so apparently we're we're breaking down the trinity now so <laughs> i'm all here for it so god exists for okay so we've talked about this a little bit off mic but the idea of pan atheism or i uh, know pan atheism which is the idea that there is a creator force outside of reality, but that creation itself is an extension of that initial source. Yeah. So you have God existing pre-creation, and then the language that is traditionally used is emptying himself into creation. And then kind of like a flower, like the seeds of God are planted, and then all of creation grows out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so all things are integrated into what we would call God. Yeah. And then, okay, so for me, as God is unfolding, he's he's unfolding into his Trinitarian nature, which is himself, another, and then the spirit in between those two yeah. things. And that's what the Holy Spirit is, is the relationship between man and God as they're trying to figure yeah. out this relationship. And so, like, just the law of three, man, like, just being like me, you, and the spirit in between or me, you and another person, because three people in a room, like I genuinely do believe this can get done way more than two people in a room. Yes. And I don't know why that is. Yeah. I've noticed that too. Cause like oftentimes I'll prefer a conversation with myself and two other people over myself and one other person which could just be, like, my introvert coming out mm-hmm. so that the conversation doesn't rest on me. But mm-hmm. I also, like, most of the time, it's just a better conversation because right. there's that third point of view to come into the two. Right. Well, that, I think that's the appropriate way that you said it is the third. It's, it's the idea of, you know, you and I, if we sit here, and we talk about something, we could just build our own little, like, bubble of, like, this is, you know, mm-hmm. this is the truth or whatever. Yeah, and compromise and then, our beliefs and, right. like, just keep building it up. Right. And then, but to have a third person as a check and balance, you know, that's, mm-hmm. 
I mean, there's even... And bib- sometimes you are that third person. Right, yeah. yeah. And, like, it depends on your... I mean, there's a thousand variables as to how you could be or what is that person or what have you. Because I'm thinking about the book of Job, where Job and his friends are having a discussion through this whole thing. And then at the end, there's this kid who was sitting there who they didn't mention, like, at any point. And, uh, Classic Job. Yeah. <laughs> and he... uh he jumps in and he like has a different perspective than the rest of the guys. Yeah. And I think, you know, there's, we have a, a friend, Bobby, um, who says, you know, you should never talk about Christianity. I'm like, I'm sorry if I'm quoting you, Bobby, but <laughs> he says something like this, you know, you should never have a discussion about Christianity without someone who isn't a Christian in the discussion. Mm. Um, which there goes my whole podcast. Cause for the most part, it's just two <laughs> people talking about it. But, uh, no, it's the idea of, like, to have an outside party who can look in and critique and be like, mm-hmm. no, this is... Yeah. So many times the church avoids that. Mm. Like, I don't know, it contradicts itself a lot. Because growing up, I was often confused by some of the things they were teaching me in, like, Sunday school and all that. Mm-hmm. Of don't let someone who isn't a Christian you know, pull you away from your beliefs, but also spend time with that person and, you know, convert them Mm -hmm. because you don't want them to go to hell, do you? And then, like, the whole point of conversing with someone who doesn't share your beliefs is to build your beliefs and be open to changing them. And also something to be said about, like, isn't it, can you have a genuine friendship with someone when you have alternative motives, you know? Right, yeah. And, you know, I feel like um, that, I don't know, that, I don't want to say crisis, but, like, that thought process probably happens in a lot of younger kids in public school who are Christians because there's so many contrasting beliefs there and, yeah. you know, you're not supposed to talk about that. Right. And, well, as somebody, I can definitely say that that's... Because it's... The problem is is that um, within the Christian box, it, it makes absolute sense. You know, like... Mm-hmm. So, like, and this is... I, I personally believe this to be true, even though I don't believe in the idea of eternal damnation, is if that was a real thing, that when we died, there was a chance... Or let's not even say a chance. If, if, if we died and there was this absolute certainty that we this is an option for what comes next, then you're a psychopath if you knew know that information and you don't tell everybody. Yeah. Um, yeah. My um, Dr. Kevin. Dr. Uh, Kevin. <laughs> yeah. Shout out, buddy. I hope you're um, doing well. <laughs> he. Um, think it was on monday he someone asked him a question and he said i actually don't believe in a devil or like an evil power and that just sort of like got my mind turning so much because i had never even considered that possibility Mm. and now thinking it over it makes so much sense because his reasoning for it was um According to Catholic beliefs, which, side note, Catholic 
is synonymous with the term universal. Mm-hmm. Just to get that out there. Roman Catholic and Catholic are separate. Right. It's an oxymoron. Yes. Yeah, because you're like, just a specific place, universal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, like, um, the Catholic belief is that um, God is above everything and he cannot be rivaled. So the idea that there's this evil rivalry who isn't exactly equal to but can pose uh, danger to God's um, power is a contradiction of that Catholic belief. Mm -hmm. So, right. yeah, I want to pick his brain on that because like... Well, yeah, because I think, well, here's, here's what you can avoid. There is evil. Yeah, and right. And I want to ask him where he thinks that comes from. But after, you know, thinking it over, I really think it's just human nature. Yeah. Well, here's... here's so there's this Catholic um, saying, and it's in Latin, so I obviously don't know it, but it's <laughs> translated as... Uh, um, all good comes from God and all evil comes from man. And yeah. uh, I believe that, but the problem is that man comes from God. Yeah, <laughs> so, and that's the paradox there. Right. But I think, here's the thing. I think a lot of people are like, they have a really hard time with evil because there's, because they, they take it's, it so. It's an easy thing to blame everything on. Right. But they also, like, I, this is everyone's problem with evil. And I'm, I'm not trying to, like, like get rid of any sort of you know or say yes to any sort of tragedy like clearly evil is bad but everyone takes evil personally <laughs> and yeah. it's like oh it's about uh, like 2020 oh. right like like there's a part of me that always wants to say like you know nature the universe it, it doesn't care about what you want or what you exactly. don't want yeah. you know so like um if you don't like evil then get rid of it you know like yeah. don't don't be don't don't spend so much time worrying about why it's here why don't you just get worry yeah. about getting rid of it and, and then put as much good into the world as you can right yeah and yeah because i think you know I, this is definitely a franciscan mindset um is whatever okay so the reason i can say that is because there's this person who's i've mentioned i'm I've had to have mentioned before in the podcast named Richard Rohr. Yes, um, I recognize that name. Yeah, so he's a Franciscan friar. Um, and yeah, so a friar, which is different than him, a friar is involved in the society, whereas monks go off and they're hermits. Yeah. Um, that's why Francis wanted his followers to be friars and not monks because mm -hmm. they're he's like i want you to be involved with the people because yeah. the people is is where the good stuff's at part of the uh franciscan community is that the quote-unquote leader isn't any more great than the followers mm -hmm. and that's like one of the biggest things that uh my school does is it feels like all the professors are on par or slightly above you, just right. in knowledge. Right. And well, right, because you don't want to just you don't want to have somebody that's so, you know, yeah, um, like above you in your head or like the power uh, 
gap between the two of you is yeah. more than is healthy. And um, I, I think that power dynamic plays a huge role in the, you know, being involved and integrated into the community. Right. Because even, I mean, there's even a stigma of like, oh, that's a spiritual person or that's a holy man. Like, they're different. And I feel like Francis was very much just like, um, no, it's the everyman. It's, it's, it's in the dirt, you know, like yeah. it's, it's not this higher above everything thing. Um, yeah. and I, I brought up Richard Rohr because I was going to make a point that he makes, but I couldn't, now I can't. Oh, <laughs> here it is. It, okay. So going back to the, the problem of evil is like, it all belongs. Whatever is here, God is clearly allowing its existence because it's, you know, and yeah. there's even the, the verse at the beginning of John that says all things that have been made have been made through Christ. So that mm -hmm. means evil as an entity or exist like evil as an idea, something that's practical. It had, if it was to be made, it came through Christ. Yeah. Um, and that's a whole other thing, but people, again, it take, you take it so personally because you're at the ass end of it, you know, like yeah. you, yeah. you're, cause you're, you're the one impacted by it. Right. And it's like, well, like maybe look outside of yourself and say that it has a, a cosmological reason for being here. We mm -hmm. just can't understand it. And, you know, a lot of it probably does come down to human fault and, mm -hmm. you know, the happenings of their past playing into that. And right. That's all. And then again, that's like where the idea of original sin comes from and yeah. like that we have we have an inescapable like desire to do bad. And, but we also have an urge within us to live above that, you know? Yeah. So that's the conf the conflict within us, you know? And that's always been, like, personified as the devil and God, yeah. you know? Yeah, the de I think the devil is just a personification of evil and yeah. people yeah. grab onto that. <laughs> well, yeah, well, they're so... I, again, like going back and going into the box and trying to understand is like we're just scared because, again, if it's true, if there's an entity out there with nothing in mind but destruction yeah. and like <laughs> just wants to hurt you again, like you should be scared of that thing. Yeah. You know, but it's it's so interesting that our mind does this to us because I was thinking this last night as I was leaving here because, you know, when like when you shut off a light in a hallway, like your, like your mind goes to like, Oh my God, there's something in here to get me. <laughs> yeah. And like, I, when I, when I said to myself last night was, I'm like, when have you ever seen one of these things? Yeah, like, seriously, like your whole life you've been like, Oh my God, something's going to get me. And it's yeah. like, there is no shatter. It's just it's the lack of light. Right. Yeah. And like, maybe that, it says something, of, but like, that's some deep shit there. Right. <laughs> that's, Hey, that's what we're going for here. That's what people pay the free download for. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, but, okay, so now we can go back to the power thing. Um, because I don't, I think, you know, like you're talking about with your teachers or the staff at the school, you even see that with Jesus of being like, mm -hmm. you know, people, it was people who called him the son of God where he was calling himself the son of man. Yeah. Like, he's like, you keep raising me up but I'm the important you right. The important yeah. thing is that I'm you, you mm -hmm. know, like that you don't like put that too far don't between separate us. Separate me. Right. Yeah. 
And I think that that's been the problem of Christianity is that we've we've deified Christ to such an extreme that he's no longer accessible to be embodied by the everyman. Yeah. Yes. We, yeah. Yeah. Because it's like, and again, that's why we need saints in the middle to be like, yeah. well, what is, because I mean, I'll shut up after this, but like, <laughs> look at like modern evangelical church with no, or like Protestantism doesn't have any saints. And so like the imagery of Jesus and the idea of Jesus is so scattered shot. Yeah. Because, and it ranges from every single church to church to right. church. And the yeah. people within that church, like have like different understandings of like mm-hmm. just reality in general. And like, the one question that I just want to put out to like any Protestant church is why do you think what you believe is correct when everybody else already believes they're correct? Right. You know? Yeah. Like why? And you, and this, I remember even thinking this like at the time in, in Bible school of being like, you're telling me that it took us 1500 years to, really get what jesus was saying yeah like everyone in the middle just missed it because they don't believe in like uh what is called penal subsidiary atonement theory Mm -hmm. i.e jesus dying for your the the idea the modern gospel of like to be a christian means i believe that jesus died and rose from the dead and that means i'm a christian (laughs) yeah um has nothing to do with how i live and treat people there used to be four doctrines that you needed to believe and publicly pronounce you believe Mm -hmm. in order to be a christian and you know obviously over time that's changed to just oh yeah i i believe he died and rose again and however you know uh metaphoric sense you believe that in right and i'm i guess i'm like where where did he say this (laughs) like yeah (laughs) when he was laying down the rules of this is what it means to be a follower of me. And then he goes into some parable about a field or something like nowhere (laughs) in that does he say, Oh, and by the way, and cause I always, there was a part of me that was like, what? When Jesus is alive and he goes and he tells his disciples to go and preach the gospel to people, he sends them out on their own in twos. Well, I was going to say maybe that goes, there goes our power of three. it's the spirit of God and like the right. going out with the, the purpose of yeah right yeah. anyways he sends them out to preach the gospel and it's like well what what are they preaching because he hasn't died yet yeah. so in theory their sins aren't forgiven like <laughs> yeah they're in about theory, to, they're going to hell yeah <laughs> and I it's just like no there has to be a different interpretation of the gospel that is that makes sense pre the cross and Mm -hmm. post the cross i think you know to tie this back into saint francis a lot of what he did is the embodiment of just that where he found an alternative to not only believing i mean i don't know if he believed that jesus died and rose i'm sure he did but um you know he found that purpose of jesus existing in seeing him in every single aspect of nature and embracing that and, you know, trusting in that, basically. Right. That's exactly right, because it's, you know, I've definitely said this before in the podcast, is it's a story. 
you know yeah. so like everything is stories and it changes over time and like in a thousand years what you believe is going to be so skewed and here's changed. a good question we can dive into this do you think though how how long of a shelf how long of a shelf life do you believe christianity has if it does at all um honestly i think it's going to die out a lot sooner than a lot a lot of people might think cuz i look at the gen z generation and how much they think for themselves Mm-hmm. And how they choose to believe what they want to believe, which is great. And I, you know, mm-hmm. I think that's really healthy that younger kids are embracing that. And a lot of it comes down to, like, <laughs> internet access and all that. Right, yeah. But um, I think the traditional, you know, current Protestant, current Roman Catholic church is going to completely die out in, like, give it like a thousand years maybe oh yeah <laughs> and a thousand like, for sure yeah and like or it'll be something completely different yeah because i think this generation and like maybe the next two or three is gonna be the next um like the next generation to completely embrace christianity for what it's supposed to be but not call it that because mm-hmm. And I think that's great because the word and title Christian has such a sour connotation tied onto it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I remember having this conversation with um, because I, I feel like what's what's very popular now is like New Age or just what they would mm-hmm. call blanket spirituality. Yeah, I I don't know. I struggle so hard because I'm like, you know, is it better for us? To have a cohesive narrative that we all believe in, or is it better for us to have the mindset of I have my own and they have theirs, and it's it's good that we um, can yeah. coexist? I think yeah, that the second one is definitely in my mind and view the better one because with that hive mind, like the Roman Catholic Church was law. Mm-hmm. hundreds of years ago That's and true. that there's caused, no check or balance yeah. system and that totally backfired on them when the bible started being published because yeah, yeah it did uh, right it, because they totally died out for like i don't know the span of time but people started burning down like cathedrals because they realized that what the roman catholic church had been teaching them was nowhere in the bible like right. it was completely absent and yeah yeah i you know that's it's 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 the idea of like would you rather one person have all the weapons or everyone have all the weapons yeah. you know like because <laughs> yeah. there's a part of me that's like i understand i i you know i'm a i'm an optimist to some degree and so i'm think i think i'm like you know they the church probably started out with this idea of like this is can only be read by these people probably with a good um good intentions yeah. like they were probably like people aren't educated like mm-hmm. and people couldn't read you yeah. know so yeah, like the, there were like two languages that the bible was published in so if you couldn't read 
Latin. Right. Then you're and like what some like person in like, you know, uh, like what is modern day Nor- uh, Nor- uh, Norway, like yeah. what language do they speak? And it's almost certainly not, you know, either Greek or Latin. Yeah. And so like that's that's where uh, cathedrals came in because the art that the cathedrals portrayed told the story that the Roman Catholic Church wanted to get across. (laughs) And that's how so many, you know, poor or lesser people uh, came to that religion because that was all they had to go off of. So you're absolutely right. And that's I, I love going to cathedrals in New York City because you can hear the difference. Like the second mm. you walk through, you realize, oh, this is different than everywhere else. Yeah. Like this place demands your respect and your reverence. Mm-hmm. Like you can go into pretty much any other building and just be as loud as you want. And like, <laughs> yeah. it's it's New York, baby. Like, <laughs> um, but a cathedral, it's like you, it's be quiet, be reverent. People are literally. This is a place for learning. Right. And, There's somebody yeah. praying and crying right there. You know, <laughs> yeah. like. It's a it's a sacred like we it's a sacred place to us, you know, mm-hmm. and so that's see that's but that's part of the problem is like I I guess I love narratives or stories so much that I'm like, I wish people had because I, when I look at like people that are like, I'm just spiritual. I'm like, yeah, but what story are you telling yourself? Yeah. You know, like, yeah. what is because like if that person believes that you know, there isn't a one singular God, but that there's a higher power in things that they don't understand, then that's a story. Like, that's mm-hmm. a narrative. And Right. And it's a conf- like, and it's just, wouldn't you want that thing, wouldn't you want to be clear and, and understand your relationship with that thing when it's, because then it's like, I then it falls back into the same problem that I have with Christians to a degree is like, then you're just using, you're using a thing to do something for yourself. Yeah. Like you're, yeah. you're using this as a blanket, like Christians that aren't really concerned about God are just using Christianity to make themselves feel better, or look better, or whatever it is. Uh-huh. And for me, going back to Francis even is like, it's the idea of the other, you know, yeah. like, and for me, my relationship with God is always, hopefully been about the full spectrum of the internal man to here to the outer world in full and mm-hmm. then to God at the peak, you know? Yeah. And that that's the rule of three, like the triangle. Right. Up in and out. That right. <laughs> yep. Holds holding reality together. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, so I I I I too worry about the death of Christianity, mostly because I'm like, what's gonna take its place? You know? And that's mm-hmm. that's that's any person who has ever had to hand off something that they've been a part of to somebody else yeah. who they don't know and like can't see. That's mm-hmm. just like, hope it's see, good. Like I see, I mean, this is totally just my uh, echo chamber on social media, but so many of the people that I connect with are people who value nature and like, well, I'm not, um, you know, vegan, and I don't use only reusable products, I still care about the environment, but, like, those people also care so much about the environment, and 
so many people don't realize just how, you know, impactful they personally are to the environment because we live in, you know, in harmony and in like duality with nature and the respect for nature goes a long way, right. which, you know, is what St. Francis. Yeah, I definitely feel like did. there's a there's a disconnect between our our current generations alive and for a long time between nature. Yeah. Um, yeah. And especially as a respect of like Mother Earth, you know, mm-hmm. um, and regardless of what your uh, belief is on evolution or creationism, uh, God still uses in the Bible dirt to yeah. create humans. That is Earth, you yeah. know. So like, just as much as we are spirit and soul, we are Earth. You know, mm-hmm. we have a body, and and it's yeah, and I, you know, it, there's a connection there that like we just don't have, yeah. and um, and we, I think like right now it's about saving the Earth, but I think in future generations it'll be more about connecting with the Earth, which is my optimist speaking like that's what I hope will happen and that's what I can see happening, but there's right. no guarantee. Yeah. And that's, I mean, for me, like as someone who is a uh, pan atheist, right? Like we talked about earlier for me, creation is, it's a, it is God. Mm-hmm. Um, and it needs to be treated as such, you know, like, and again, like me saying it is God, I believe, you know, I am not just a leg. I have different parts yeah. to me. And, like, God can be creation as well. And so, like, you know, how you treat others is how you treat God. And so nature yeah. being another, you're you're showing your... And, you know, people get upset with the word God or whatever. Let's just say, like... The, the higher power. Or, like, the higher power, the, the thing that's, like the engine behind the whole thing, mm-hmm. you know, like you're being disrespectful to the, the thing that puts you in the position yeah. that you are. The whole inner workings of everything. Right. You know? And see, but here's, I think, I think this is actually, is going to be the solution. To everything is like, cause I, I guess the question is, is like how much can an individual who doesn't eat meat or doesn't use plastic change on a, right. on a long-term scale over time? And, you know, what is, and obviously, like, there's something to be said about, like, the law of, you know, if you, if you continue to do good, then good will expand rapid, yeah. rapidly. But it, the same is true for evil or mm-hmm. n- negative things. So what we need is, I, for me personally, set, I believe I've, I read recently that 71% of carbon emissions come from, uh, like, big businesses and mm-hmm. factories. And it's like, well, we need to figure out that. We need cleaner. Yeah. And it's tackling the problems at the source because, like, the reason people eat on a vegan diet is because it's, like, ethical reasons. Because, um, you know, these cows and these chickens and these pigs are, like, raised on uh, hormones and steroids and, like no walking no breathing room and they're just raised to be killed while like i don't have a problem eating meat um or dairy as long as it's you know ethical if i can 
obtain that source. Because, right. like, I apologize if anyone is sensitive <laughs> to this, but, like, um, we I have chickens at my house, and we get, like, the roosters that we hatch ourselves butchered, and, like, we eat them, and that's fine because I know they had a great life. Like, I've held this thing right. that I've that I'm consuming right now and like scratched its feathers and like I know that it was loved and that it had a great life right there was so uh there's this book called the prophet and it has this line in it that I always think of when I'm thinking about these things um it says something along the lines of um when you eat an apple say uh, the, your seeds of today are planted in me and together we will rise with yeah. the dawn. And when you kill a deer, say, the same thing that's killing you is the same thing that's killing me. Mm-hmm. And it's this idea of acknowledging the harmony between yeah, yourself and this is thing. That is essentially um, why the Native Americans were so alienated when... Um, the Europeans came to America was because the Native Americans, the Indians, uh, had that mindset where they thanked the earth for all that it was providing for it. And then, you know, the Europeans who were more advanced technologically than them, like, didn't understand that at all because they saw the earth as, the Europeans saw the earth as there for them. And then the as something Indians, to just take from. Yeah. Right. And then the Indians saw it as we work together in this. Right. And yeah. And I think, well, I, you know, uh, spoiler alert, I'm going to be doing a solo episode on non-duality mm-hmm. and non-dual. And, you know, it's this idea of like we exist in this crazy <coughs> life-death harmony with nature with with everything and i feel like we wouldn't have as so many problems as existentially if we still had that idea of the our relationship with nature of yeah. uh, understanding of the non-dual thinking of like we're this it's just one and it's yeah. the it's the like, thing that I'm, we're in i'm so not worried about death mm-hmm. and like i don't care what you do with like my body after i go because like i'm not using it (laughs) right i demand to just be buried in the dirt oh yeah me too like i just want to decompose out in a field like like and i thank you because everyone else (laughs) like my girlfriend and my mom are both like you're a wacko i'm like (laughs) why would you pay for a box for something no one's ever gonna use again yeah if i do this right you're gonna like (laughs) remember me for like the impact that I made on your life, I don't, like, my earthly body isn't going to do anything for your grievances. I'm sorry. Right. Yeah, like, it's for, like, put up a plaque. Like, that's for yeah. you. Like, yeah. I understand we need our symbols and our things to, like, grab onto. Yeah. But it's not this. Yeah. This is just done. It's, yeah. It's clearly, it's tapped out. So, like, I, and it's not just, like, I don't need this. And, like, it what's in my head is the most beautiful thing. I can give this back to the earth and have it be used 
Yes. Without having to, you know, decay a box around it yeah. or like whatever. I can finally give back something that I've been Fucking taking thank from you, so <laughs> I feel it. This is a kindred spirit if there's ever such a thing. I I 100% agree cuz I'm just like 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 it's 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 such a weird scam that we're getting pulled of being like you have to do this you have to have that and i'm mm-hmm. like why are you spending thousands of dollars on a box to put me in yeah. the ground i don't have yeah. if, like just i don't have yeah if i don't have enough money to buy a casket then it's probably yeah. not necessary for me to have it yes yeah oh my god <laughs> leave it in the comments <laughs> what do you think about oh yeah so let's uh, let's kind of dive into animals and whatnot, and because it, oh. it's <laughs> oh, that's all I heard in my headphones. Oh. Um, what do you what do you see in animals? I see a an organism just like myself that has thoughts and understandings of the world that I can't even begin to understand. And instead of seeing them as lesser than me, I see them as an opportunity to learn. And, you know, I'm accepting of the fact that I'll never see it from their view, but, you know, I try to pull from that. Right. And, I don't know, I just feel such a, like, to reference, like, horses and cats in particular, so many people disregard them and like or horses more so in this sense um like they don't have that much of a personal use other than for personal enjoyment while just like dogs and cats they've got such strong personalities and that can be seen in all animals like (laughs) even for something as dumb as a chicken like right Um, I interact with some of the younger roosters that we have in the flock right now, and they're so different. Like, I can reach up and pet one of them, and the other runs away, and, like, I can see the individuality there. And it's, it's the notion of tapping into that, like, these animals are no different than we are in that they've had experiences and have a something called a habitus which is a bank of learned experiences and thoughts and dispositions on the world and like that shapes them yeah yeah wow good job girl (laughs) um you're absolutely right it's it's so i i you know like you said you can't comprehend what their reality is like yeah and you don't want to assume that it's the same as ours um just because it's it's clearly not you know um just for evolutionary purposes like a chicken doesn't need to have a a prefrontal cortex like the size that we have you know and that comes down to prey and predator um a horse a two thousand plus pound animal with teeth that goes back into like the beginning of its neck like 
Yeah. They are prey animals. Yeah. And you have to train them and connect with them on that prey level of thinking. Mm. Yeah, and it's it's so fascinating that each and each and every organism has its own way of perceiving reality, interacting with reality, and you know, and then you know, for us to have a relationship with it, there needs to be this certain thing set up. And, you know, I wish I could interview an animal and get, see mm. how they perceive us. Yeah. You know, because yeah. it's, I do think that, I remember, do you, do you, do you know Coco? The, yes. The gorilla that, oh, uh, yes. the sign language. <laughs> I remember I have very vivid memories of me and our friend Abby <laughs> reading, <laughs> reading this book about Coco. <laughs> and that is all the knowledge I have of her. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Good. Oh, I'm just pit- how old were you? Because I, I want to. Oh, God, I have no yeah, idea. Cause like I'm picturing four. The, yeah, I'm picturing little Karis and little Abby reading about a monkey <laughs> who can speak with his hands. <laughs> Being the most magical thing. Oh, thank you, Jesus. I needed that. Um, yeah. Uh, he, he, she. Um, I, I remember watching this video and they were she was signing some things and it was something along the lines of like one of the first things she said was I am nature like mm. and it wasn't like I'm like she clearly knows the word for gorilla you know yeah. or like she's like and is smart enough to be like I am me and like yeah. blah 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 but the point that they were she was trying to make was I am nature like first and foremost mm-hmm. I am this thing yeah and like and then she started talking about the the gap between man and its uh, like its own understanding and its disconnect between nature and understanding that we are a part of nature just as Coco was. Um, And I think, you know, that's, yeah, we, we see that in animals and they're like, they're just a part of this thing, you know, like, Mm -hmm. And when we even think that it way in our head, because we're just like, if we if I saw a chicken, I'd just be like, that belongs. Like, if a chicken walked in here, I'd be like, this isn't where you belong. You yeah. belong in nature. Go yeah. Like, I would find a tree and put it next to a tree <laughs> because I'd be like, oh, this is where you go. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Right? Like, because you wouldn't be like, get a, go get a job. Like, if you're going to hang out in yeah. human society, like, you need to go into our little world. Yeah. And we just understand that that they're part of that harmony that we are disconnected from. Yeah. And so seeing that, I mean, that's even why people love hunting because they're like, it brings them back into that intimacy of like, I mean, people get to observe things that aren't aware that they're being observed. So you have that inside knowledge on that, which is so surreal. Yeah. And it's just like, I'm sure you think, I hope everyone enjoyed that yawn. Um, (laughs) You get to see it with these animals of, just to watch them and just be like, you know, when they're, when they're, who are they when no one's around, you know? And, and I guess like, you know, they seem fine. Like for (laughs) the most part, everyone's doing okay. Yeah. Like I don't know any animal that constantly lives in crisis mode except for maybe squirrels. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 
and I think it's like, you know, there's something to be said if like, if we're nature, then we're a part of that, oh, that okayness. Yeah. That they're it's feeling. so unfair that we think we can cultivate nature to our benefit because nature is its own organism and we are part of that. And, you right. know, that ties into the perspective that God is everything and, you know, we're all connected. Right. So what do you, for you, what is, what is a good homogenous relationship, harmonious relationship between man, animals, and nature? What does that look like? I don't know. I haven't contemplated it very much, but like what I strive to be and be to nature is someone that can pull from it but not abuse it, which is a balance that's different for each person. Because I do think nature wants to give. Yes. Like, yeah. And I don't. Clearly so. Because we shouldn't go around living in only like farming and not like making our own homes. Because that's not, it's not that give and take relationship. Mm-hmm. Because you see in nature, there's the food chain, animals give and take to each other. We can give and take from nature, and what we take from nature can be different for everyone. Like, for me, it's a sense of peace and connectedness to, uh, I don't want to say, just to, like, connectedness to, like, my creator and, like, that thing that created me created this, and it's just that... I don't know because I don't know there is something to be said about you know because what I was thinking is like we are the earth yeah and we assume that we're a separate thing Mm -hmm. and therefore whatever our purpose in doing whatever our purpose for being here for whatever we're supposed to be doing here the earth will provide those things because it is its task it is the thing that is manifesting itself as humans mm-hmm. and it's doing whatever it is. So if, cause I, I really struggle. I don't, I don't really, I struggle <laughs> with, you know, where, what is the proper balance between man and like, should we just be living in the woods or yeah. like, um, like, do we need like, but cities or large populations happen so evidently because it's like, well, yeah, if you put a bunch of us in one area, we'll be really safe and then we can just grow, you know, yeah. like and then it's easier to just build a bunch of things in one place instead of trying to move, you know. Yeah, I don't think cities are necessarily a bad thing. Um, I just think. I don't know, because like it's so fast in the city and people don't have the time to take their time and let let themselves appreciate nature and see that cities can be harmful like i don't know well like all things there's a balance right yeah there's a balance because a city is a modernized village where everyone commingles together that's where their jobs are their resources are their 
companions are. Mm-hmm. And that's not bad. It's just, you know, going back to the factories and, like, all right. the trash and all well, that. Well, and also, like, you know, is it good f- is it good for your psyche? And, like, you know, we can say this because we were both born, like, in the country. So it's easy for us to be like, these city people, they need a connection back to Mother Earth. And, you know, maybe, I, I mean, I go to the city every once in a while and I somewhat enjoy it it's more it's not it's not that i don't like being in the city it's i don't like usually the mentality i don't like how long it takes to get places like so for me i'm just like this isn't bad it's just i don't thrive here by any means you know and you know i surround a lot of my surrounding friends and family are country people so i don't get the perspective of a city person so i can't you know speak for them because yeah, there are definitely people I've met at least one or two where it's like I love the city like just give me the yeah. city just all the yeah. time you like know I've got some family members who love the city want to live there they just love being able to walk places and yeah. but like I don't know because when I was little I would because I was homeschooled I would get my school work done in two or three hours and then spend the rest of the day out in the woods just like right (laughs) doing whatever yeah just sitting on a rock you know (laughs) like (laughs) i mean i'm just thinking of people that are like what did we do before cell phones it's like maybe nothing and maybe that was better yeah you know like to just be able to just sit in the woods and not care no i just developed so many thoughts that nobody else my age seemed to have developed Mm -hmm. which confused me at the time but like i think i really did just give myself the time to think Mm -hmm. and grow my own thoughts that's awesome so i guess we're gonna start wrapping it up but Mm -hmm. what's something if you could encourage people at home or or pass something along to them what what's something you would want to pass off and uh then we'll while we're wrapping up we'll pull up the poem but go ahead um just be like i don't know it's just healthy to be more aware of your connectedness to everything whether you believe that or not because you came from something that was non-existent like before you were born and conceived like you didn't exist and now you were forced into here and whether you like it or not you gotta do like a good job and be respectful to everything around you which includes humans animals nature and it's all important and just like you know be respectful like be aware that all these things commingle together mm-hmm. and that's not your choice right yeah all right. Well, while I'm closing up, do you want to pull up that poem? Yeah. I sent you a link, so over oh, Instagram. Sweet. Follow us on Instagram. I have, uh, yeah. Uh, thanks so much for watching, guys, and for listening. Uh, I, w- I, I was just jokingly saying follow us on Instagram and whatnot, but yeah, go ahead and <laughs> do that. I would uh, love to hear, yeah. yeah, I would love to hear more from from everybody because i would just yeah i want to know what your thoughts are well i don't just because i i am surprised you by should be on the podcast <laughs> yeah if you want to be on message me I'll, we can set up something um but yeah i i am so 
taken aback by people's responses that they seem very interested in like I want to dive in and I want to I want to hear you I think <laughs> as a think? person who is not you it's so interesting to hear you talk about religion mm. and like the universe and all that so like when you started this podcast I was like yes <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah. Well, I appreciate it. It's one of the, my favorite things to do. Mm. So, yeah. Hey, right, you want to read that? I feel yeah. like you'll do better at it than me. I don't know. I'm not a very good out loud reader. <laughs> do you want me to read it? No, I'll, I'll read it. Okay. I can do this. So this is, do you want to say what it's called? This is called Brother Sun, Sister Moon, and I don't know a lot of the history behind it. I don't either, other than it's a beautiful poem written by St. Francis. That's, that's all that you need to know. I have to look into that. <laughs> all right. Most high, all powerful, all good Lord, all praise is yours, all glory, all honor, and all blessings. To you alone, most high, do they belong, and no mortal lips are worthy to pronounce your name. Praised be you, my Lord, with all your creatures, especially Sir Brother Son, who is the day through whom you give us light. And he is beautiful and radiant with great splendor. Of your most high, he bears the likeness. Praise be you, my Lord, through sister moon and the stars in the heavens. You have made them bright, precious, and fair. Praise be you, my Lord, through brothers, wind, and air, and fair and stormy, all weathers, moods, by which you cherish all that you have made. Praise be you, my Lord, through sister water, so useful, humble, precious, and pure. Praise be you, my Lord, through brother fire, through whom you light the night, and he is beautiful and playful and robust and strong. Praise be you, my Lord, through our sister, Mother Earth, who sustains us and governs us, producing varied fruits with colored flowers and herbs. Praise be you, my Lord, through who grant pardon for love of you and bear sickness and trial. Blessed are those who endure in peace. By you, most high, they will be crowned. Praise be you, my Lord, through sister death, from whom no one living can escape. Woe to those who die in mortal sin. Blessed be they, she find, doing your will. No second death can do them harm. Praise and bless my Lord and give him thanks and serve him with great humility. Amen. Karis, it's been such a blessing and honor to have you on the podcast. (laughs) So I'm very proud of you. I'm very proud of who you've become. I'm very proud of who you will be. So keep up the good work. (laughs) Keep loving nature. And all of you at home, go love nature. Go look at a tree. (laughs) Go sit on a rock somewhere.